Amanda, remember that time Dracula wasn't actually a vampire? Remember That Time in Historical Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your spooky host, Anna <laughs> Webb. And this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out on their favorite moments in history. And it's their favorite spooky moments. It's going to get spooky. <laughs> not really. It's Excellent. not really a spooky episode. It's just uh, sort of, so, I mean, okay, it might get a little spooky. Not really, <laughs> but you know. Um, it is not quite October, but when you're listening to this, tomorrow will be October, if you're listening the day it's that close comes enough. out. So this month we're doing some sort of spooky Halloween-y themed episodes, and yes. it might be a stretch, but whatever. I'm, I, don't, I don't care. I'm very excited to talk about spooky, weird goth history. <laughs> yeah, it is goth history. That's kind of what it, this is. If it's not spooky it is at the very least gothic <laughs> that is exactly what this is mm-hmm. that's what this is today we are talking about vlad the impaler or oh boy vlad dracula as he is more commonly known um well they're both pretty common for him mm-hmm. um but before we get into it would you like a drink update of course Today I am drinking a cinnamon roll coffee with maple uh, creamer, almond creamer. No dairy for me. Um, and you may be saying, <laughs> you may be saying to yourself, Anna, when we're recording this, it's almost six p.m. Why I are was you saying that coffee? to myself. Yes. <laughs> well, here's why. This morning at around eleven, I had to get a flu shot. Which, uh. by the way, uh, get your flu shots, get your vaccines. Hello. Um, but I get very nervous about shots and usually I come into work and have like a very big cup of coffee and coffee would only exacerbate my nerves. So I didn't have any coffee until like almost one today and now I'm struggling. So, so like really bad. (laughs) I'm having some coffee. I'm drinking water. Wow. Shocking. I was almost going to be drinking Dr. Pepper because I had made myself dinner earlier, but I was feeling dehydrated, so <laughs> we're drinking water. <laughs> I'm in a constant state of feeling dehydrated. That's just my life. So we're going to talk about Vlad today. Yes. Um, it's going to be kind of like a quick overview of his life. Um, a lot of the history um, of his reign is like, a ton of military campaigns which are long and complicated and i don't want to get too deep into that because i'd really like to talk more about like the reputation and legacy well and that is what the reputation is why he is so famous yeah so we're not going to get too deep into like his life and reign um we're going to get some of his origins a little bit but um yeah, if you're looking for, like, a more in-depth um, description of him, like, look him up. And, yeah. Because he's very interesting to read about. It's just, like, a lot, and I can't fit it all in the it's podcast. It's spooky month. We got to talk about all the spooky stuff he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Military campaigns are not that spooky. Yeah. 
So some of this I got from Britannica. Um, some of it just from like other sources online. Um, so if you're interested in looking it up, Britannica's got like a pretty quick article you can read about him. And then cool. obviously you can scour the internet. <laughs> um, so Vlad the Third Dracula, which means son of Dracul. Um, Original. <laughs> the second of four brothers born to Vlad II, Dracul. Okay. So Vlad II is given this name, Dracul, due to his membership in the Order of the Dragon. So Dracul coming from Draco, meaning dragon. Right. Which, by the way, I really, really love that, like, the name of a very famous vampire figure is Son of Dragon. <laughs> like, A totally that's different so good. creature. It's so good. Yeah. So the Order of the Dragon is a group that was created by the Holy Roman Emperor and uh, his name uh, that I cannot pronounce. Mm-hmm. Um, Sigismund, I think. Um, yeah. For the defense of Christian Europe against the Ottoman Empire. So oh, okay. we're going to hear a good bit about the Ottoman Empire here because at this time, they're taking over. Yes. Um, so Vlad III is born sometime between... 1428 and 1431. Again, a broad. It's a, it's been a broad. hot minute since we've had a broad birth. <laughs> Pretty broad. <laughs> like, well, it's the 1400s. How good were yes. records, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was likely after his father settled in Transylvania, which was around 1429. So, you know, somewhere in there. Sis, I just realized I think that we're going to give you the award for oldest history today because I don't <gasps> think we've ever gone back to the 1400s yet. Oh, my gosh. So up so to this point, special. I think this is the oldest fool we've talked about. <laughs> Love that. I mean, at some point we'll go further back. Yes, we will. But, but I just, I just realized when you said 1400s, I was like, I don't think I've heard that yet. Oh my gosh! Wow, <laughs> big day. I've heard the 1600s a heck of a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, um, he was born. He's born in uh, like Transylvanian Saxon town. That again, I can't pronounce. But at uh-huh. that time, it was in Hungary. So you know, geography in the 1400s was like <laughs> really too much for me. Um, Vlad's mother. We don't really know much about her. She's likely related to Alexander the First of Moldavia. Um, so she was noble. Um, okay, and his father's noble. Obviously, I mean, tracks, tracks. Um, so his father, Vlad II, seizes uh, this is a name that's going to be hard for me, but and we have to say it a lot. Um, Wak- mm, nope, Wallachia, I think. Awesome, love that. Sorry if I say it wrong, I'm gonna say it wrong a hundred times. Um, <laughs> it's a region in Romania. Um, so Vlad II seizes this region after the death of his half brother, okay, making him. Voivod, I think. Um, Again, don't know how to pronounce it. Um, Which is just like a person who rules over a specific principality. Okay. So he's not really a king, but he kind of is. He's a ruler over a a specific region. He's a nobleman for that region. Right, right, basically. So Vlad II doesn't support an Ottoman invasion of Transylvania. So this causes... It's, 
It's interesting to say that he doesn't support an invasion. Well, there was some pressure from other Oh, yeah. It's just a counterintuitive, like, sentence. I'm not here for that. Uh, Invasion? No thanks. No thank you. I'd rather you didn't. Not in my Transylvania. In this economy? In uh, my good Christian Transylvania? (laughs) You come into my house. Um, So, in March of 1442... Vlad II is ordered to travel to Gallipoli um, by the Ottoman Sultan Murad II. Vlad III, who is Vlad the Impaler, and his younger brother, Radu, travel with their father, and they're all imprisoned there. Ooh! Because the Ottoman emperor is like, "Mm, you didn't support my invasion, so now you're in prison. So now you're mine. Yeah. (laughs) Eventually, Vlad II is released Um, After he basically is like, yeah, I'm totally on your side. I'm here for you. Um, (laughs) But the sons are held as basically as hostages to make sure that he doesn't turn back on that promise. Yeah, Yeah. remains loyal. So Vlad Dracula is imprisoned for, I think about, I think he ends up being there about eight years oh my god um that's a long or maybe time six eight to six years something like that um he's when he's for, young too that's a long time yeah for quite a while he's basically held hostage with his younger brother oh so vlad the second mm, does not do so great with his promise and he rebels against the sultan again and again this is just a general overview there's a lot more to it um <laughs> and <laughs> So Vlad III and Radu are not released until around 1448. And in 1447, Vlad II, as well as his oldest son, um, are assassinated. Oh! By nobles in their region. Oh my gosh. So they were imprisoned, he rebelled. It took them a while to release them, but while they were waiting for the release... Their dad got murdered. Yeah, the nobles in his region were basically rose up against him and killed him. Oh, and his that is so wild. killed him and his first heir, which would be uh, Vlad Dracula's older older brother. So now Vlad the Third is a claimant to Wakalia, Waka- Wallachia. I can't remember how to say it. Um, <laughs> but there's another claimant, Vladislav the Second. Well, I'm loving these names. Yeah. Who is Vlad... Wait. Nope. It's complicated. <laughs> Who? Is... So Vladislav is the son of Vlad II's cousin. So they're cousins, no. really. Yes, yes. Whoa, like second is... cousins or something like that. Okay. I don't, know what, I don't know what cousin that is. Is that second cousin? First once removed? I don't know. Who knows? So Vladislav II is actually named ruler by John Hunyadi, who will come up a lot. He, at this point, is the regent governor of Hungary. Okay. And he's basically like, nah, it's this guy. It's Vladislav, not you. So in September of 1448, Vlad and his his opponents launch an attack against the Ottoman Empire. So Vladislav and Hunyadi have gone to launch an attack against the Ottoman Empire. And Vlad is like, "Mm, this seems like Vlad's time. They're gone. So it's Vlad's time to shine. He basically like sneaks in, invades 
Wallachia, Wallachia. And so he so he gets the throne. So he's technically in charge at this point. They defeat Hunyadi's army around October, sometime in October of that year. And Hunyadi is like, yo, Vlad, come visit me in Transylvania. We'll we'll talk this out. And Vlad's like, no, not going to happen. <laughs> Which was the right move. Well, was it, though? Because then Vladislav, with his remaining army that's mostly depleted, but he still has some left, returns. Ah. Uh. And Vlad III is forced to flee the Ottoman Empire around just before December 7th, 1448. To be fair, if he had gone to visit the other guy, he probably would have killed him. Or at at the very least, that was definitely his fear because, you know, his dad went to visit, what's his name, and he got kidnapped for eight years. Fair point. (laughs) Fair point. But also, like, okay, if I'm Vlad, I've snuck into the country to get my throne, basically, uh-huh. And now I'm being asked to leave. Like, no, that's how I got on the throne. Somebody else left and I <laughs> took it. Like, I would not be doing that. So Vlad goes into exile and he's in exile for about eight years. Um, there were some more details about his exile, but I don't think that they're important to, for our purposes. Okay. Um, he returns to Wallachia in 1456. During the invasion, which he's leading, Vladislav II dies and so vlad takes power so this is secondly technically vlad's second reign and actually i think technically he has three reigns total like he's forced off the throne again but i i can't remember if i even put that in my notes truthfully (laughs) i don't remember what i read i'm so tired (laughs) (laughs) so but during this second reign is when vlad starts to get this reputation here we go. So he begins to execute the nobles who were against him and who played a part in the assassination of his father and brother. Sure. Sure. I mean, standard for (laughs) this kind of person. Pretty average for a noble in his situation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Vlad takes to executing his enemies in a very specific style. He... um, Puts them on stakes in the ground and leaves them to die. Which is how he gets the name Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, sure, sure. He impales his enemies. Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm just going to read this quote also from Britannica. This says, Notably, as he retreated from a battle in 1462... He left a field filled with thousands of impaled <gasps> victims as a deterrent to pursuing Ottoman forces. Oh my god. He just filled a field with human scarecrows to f- scare oh, these dudes off. That's a really gross way of putting it. <laughs> but is it inaccurate? <laughs> no, it's not. We should have given a content warning at the beginning. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's gross. That is rough. Yeah, so from about 1456 to 1462, he's said to have killed anywhere from 40,000 to 100,000 Europeans. Oh my gosh. Rivals, criminals, basically anyone he considered an enemy. Oof. And mainly Tyler Paling. 
it's wild to me that mainly by impaling there because that is so much effort to take to kill a person. Right, right. Like, I, I mean. If you're killing that many people, that is a lot of work to put into killing people. Yes. Like, let's think about the more, I don't know how to say this while remaining. Uh, I, let's think about the more um, effective and time efficient styles of execution that existed yeah and this is the one that he chose which it's, is like uh, you have to have a very specific attitude toward the world yes i was about to say so it reveals a lot about his nature yeah that yeah that's exactly it that is rough mm-hmm. so vlad spends as we've discussed most of his r- rule at war with the Ottoman Empire. Sure. Um, so he ends up being like this folk hero to Romanians um, for driving off the invading Ottoman Turks. Mm. Um, and it said that... Sorry, <laughs> I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> um, so, and it said that the Ottoman Turks probably make up like most of his victims. Well, yeah, pretty big number. I would say so. So he's in prison in 1462 by Matthias I of Hungary. And you can read about that. There's like a, you know, he gets like, he's at war again and he gets like captured or whatever. Sure. Um, And he loses his his seat of rule again. So I did put it in my notes. Um, <laughs> he eventually regains rule in 1476. We're kind of glossing over things now because it's like, it's a lot of war like a lot of war yeah um but he uh dies in battle in either december of 1476 or like early january of 1477 right so he does technically have three rules the first and last don't last very long it's mostly in the second where he like really gains that reputation um he's believed to have had two wives um, his first wife may have been an illegitimate daughter of <gasps> our friend John John Hunyadi. Um, the drama. Yeah, <gasps> and that comes from historian Alexandru Simon. Um, so Alexander, I'm so, I so hope you're right. Yeah, because wow. <laughs> yeah, um, but there, that's really all we know. Um, oh, his second so wife, Justina, last name unpronounceable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was a Hungarian uh, noblewoman, and he married her probably in 1475. Um, she survived Vlad and ended up remarrying. Good for her. So he had three sons, his oldest born in 1462. We don't know the name of his second son. <laughs> and Uh-oh. he was killed before 1486. Okay. And then his third son is named Vlad and he unsuccessfully laid claim to the throne in Wallachia around 1495. Um, But he ends up becoming the forefather of a very noble Hungarian family called Dracula, which is like spelled different, but pronounced the same. Yeah. Cause it's, it's Hungarian and not Romanian. Right. You know, so I, I just want to talk, like, about the legacy of Vlad. 
Yes. So when we talk this is, about this is where this is why he's spooky. Yeah. When we talk about Vlad the Impaler, I think there's not a ton of memory of all of those military pursuits. Right. What no, you that's remember? Definitely not why I have a memory of him. No. You think about first of all that he impaled his victims. Yes. Obviously, he had a very uh, self-explanatory nickname. <laughs> And um, and you think of him as as Dracula, like right, the vampire. So yeah. we're gonna get into how that sort of came around, came to be. So the stories of his cruelty and his reputation start circulating like while he's still alive and while he's still on the throne, um, and mostly in Germany and Saxon areas, right? Because okay. he's at war with that region like all the time right so uh works about his cruelty start uh being published in low german which is a language uh spoken in like northern germany what what a wild name for a language i know right like sounds kind of insulting yeah um (laughs) during the holy roman empire and probably before the before 1480 um they're believed to be written during the 1460s because they mention specific campaigns and like battles that's really interesting then that a lot of those stories started coming out while he was still alive because that's usually not true like published stories anyway usually don't start circulating until like after the fact i feel like Mm -hmm. yeah really interesting yeah it, it usually you see published stories that are based on like spoken folklore yeah. And and so it doesn't come about until, like, that person's life is over. Or at least over. the stories his soldiers tell, like, the generation after he's uh-huh. gone or something, you know? Yeah, but his reputation is widely known, like, while wow. it's happening. That is very interesting. And especially for the 1400s, because it's not like oh yeah, travel fast. Huh. <laughs> you know? He must have been that bad. <laughs> yes, well, he's described as a demented psychopath, a sadist, a gruesome murderer, a masochist, Worse than Caligula and Nero. Oof! <laughs> Which is like, ouch. <laughs> ouch, wow. indeed. Oh, that is rough. Worse than Nero, fam. <laughs> yeah, but you also have to remember these are written mostly by Saxons who are at war with him. And yeah. so they might be pretty exaggerated. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, the specifics are probably exaggerated. Sure. The general idea, probably, probably not correct. so much. Yeah. <laughs> So, around this time, movable type printing is invented. So, this means that, like, this stuff can get printed and distributed. Right. Right? So, that probably, you know, contributed to the popularity of these stories. Um, They become, like, one of the first bestsellers in Europe, like, ever. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. they were published in books with like woodcuts on the title pages. Yeah, I did. That, I knew that. Yeah, you can find pictures of it. Um, and so they depicted like these horrible scenes of him. Like one of them wow. in Nuremberg is printed with him with Vlad like at a dining table, like surrounded by people he has impaled who are dying. It's li- like literally the cover of a horror book. Yeah, I mean you can find the you can find the picture. That's what. It like, not like. only were these one of the first bestsellers, they were like the original horror stories. Like, that's exact. Well, okay, we'll and we'll loop back to that. 
That is so interesting. And and not that long after he was dead, too. Like, wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um... So I found this to be really interesting. The These stories that were being written at the time probably influenced Martin Luther's Beer Wolf, which was the concept oh. of... A, were, did, hold on. It's the concept of a ruler who's, like, worse than a tyrant and the people must resist this oh. being. So it's, like, this concept Martin Luther uses as basically a form of resistance. But a beer wolf, this thing that he's basing it on, is a German folk monster, which is basically a werewolf. So we're talking about Dracula, who is is known as a specific, uh, like, mythical monster. Um, But it probably influenced Martin Luther to like use this concept of a totally different monster. Isn't that interesting? That is wild. And it was like Martin Luther's whole campaign against the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. And, like he used this concept that, to describe oh. um Holy Roman Emperor Charles V and the Pope. Oh, that's interesting. Right? I just found that really fascinating. So that cuts deep, man. That's like, wow. It's like a, an interesting chain of events. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting connection. It's all connected. All connected. We had a French teacher in high school who would say, it's all connected <laughs> about everything. So there are also more than 20 manuscripts in Russian about Vlad. Um, uh-huh. They were probably copied from a text that was originally in South Slavic because there okay. were some... Uh, phrases in it that weren't really like Russian used phrases. Sure. And some of them are fact, some of them are fictions. So this is when we start getting like actual fictionalized stories about Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. But isn't it wild that his the less fictionalized, I'm not going to say not fictionalized because some of them definitely were, but the like less fictionalized stories of him were still that popular. Like that's very interesting. Yeah, they are. And so popular in Russian that at some point, some of the like anecdotes in the stories um, get applied to stories about um, Ivan the Terrible huh. of Russia. Huh. So, yeah, so they kind of become, I guess you could say, like tropes. Yeah. You know? The, it's the original horror tropes. Oh boy, this is fascinating. <laughs> I'm getting very excited about this. <laughs> yes. Um, since around the middle of the 19th century, though, Roma- Romanian historians actually treat Vlad as, like, a great Romanian ruler. Yeah, people so, have, a, like, a huge respect for him. He's very famous over there. Uh-huh. Um, and they sort of chalk that up to, like, he was a really good military mind, and he um, was fighting for the independence of Romania against the Ottoman Empire. Right. right. So I guess... I could see that. It makes yeah. sense. Because um, if you take away the whole impaling thing, a lot of other, like, revered rulers, that was also what they were doing. You right, know? but even that, they, like, historians back in the day, probably not now, but back in the day, would call those, like, those cruel acts, they would say, were, like, of national interest and importance. Yeah. They were protecting their country. Yeah. From enemies, and therefore necessary. Yeah. So let's talk about 
Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes, please. Okay, so Bram Stoker's Dracula was published in 1897. And this is the first time that anybody starts to make a connection between Vlad Dracula and vampirism, right? Huh. Because Dracula in the book is a vampire. He shares the name. Okay, so now people are like, oh, maybe he was a vampire. Ooh, <laughs> spooky. <laughs> so Stoker actually learned about vampires from a lot of Romanian folklore, Transylvanian superstitions. He learned about it from like an article. I can't remember who wrote it. You can look it up. It's on, it's mentioned in a lot of the stuff about well, at the least, books, but at least the monster he chose was one that was actually from that region <laughs> yeah so there was yeah there was research into that area yeah where vlad the impaler was lived his castle is there still yes. so but he like draws the inspiration for the character and the name itself from like a bunch of different sources that he was just looking into and he never actually references Vlad in any of his working papers for the novel. He doesn't mention it at all. So Stoker borrowed the name from like scraps of information about the region of Wallachia. So he's looking into that area and just sees the name and goes, oh, that sounds good. Because he had named the character something else. As like a stand-in name. And then he chooses that name. So we talk a lot about like, oh, it was based on this this ruler. But actually there's no evidence to support that that's where he drew inspiration for the character. Yeah, because after the fact, there started to be a bunch of um, sort of myths about why people thought he was a vampire. Like, isn't there one that that... um, Order of the Dragon was all, like, culty and weird, yes. and people think that that's where that came from. Yeah. 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 Well, you can watch the episode of Ghost Adventures. That's exactly what I was drawing from. And you'll get all that information. <laughs> but that's, like, full-on myth. Like, there is there is no evidence to support that that group was in any way, like... Like that. Yeah. Like, it's just... A, I think it's just connection people make because they want to believe it's... Yeah, super. Oh, totally. That's exactly what it is. Which, like, hey, I'm not against believing in the supernatural. I'm got, with you, fam. I got mad here. love for the supernatural, but I just don't think that's real. Yeah. So Stoker borrows this name, just f- happens upon it, basically. Yeah. And then the name Dracula becomes very popular in Romania after the publication of the book. Huh. Um, a lot of people say, like, think that Dracula translates to son of the devil in romanian but it definitely doesn't it doesn't it's son of the dragon (laughs) totally different phrase that is son of the devil which i feel like you could easily look up on translate um (laughs) so there are some people who do argue that there's evidence that that it is based on vlad like stoker mentions in the book that count dracula like his dracula fought against the turks and was later betrayed by his brother um which are like historical facts in the book that could point to it Um, sure professor van helsing in the book also references him defeating the turks right um but you know he was studying history of the region so i was about to say like i think the dracula that he created was just sort of like a 
mishmash of that region, right? Yeah. So, like, it's it's not a stretch that to think that he took those facts from Vlad, but the whole vampire part. But he doesn't even seem to know Vlad. that those facts are about Vlad specifically. Right. And if he did, he didn't write it down. Right. So, I mean, it's possible. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. So that's that's the tea on Vlad. Sorry it was like kind of a messy overview, but I, I wanted to get a little bit of like what actually happened in his life um, before we got to the legacies of him, which was really what I wanted to talk about anyway. So, Well, and that was so interesting because even though – he, you know, there's the huge mythos that he was a vampire and that, you know, Dracula is based off of him. And even if that's not necessarily true, it is true that he is like a huge basis for horror writing, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I read something about like that particular type of horror writing was very popular at the time that the book was published um, in England. It was like, it's like kind of xenophobic it's like monsters invading england was very oh, popular yeah. oh you know yeah which is yes. xenophobic but um but it set, the, it's that whole scapegoat mentality that uh-huh. tr- translated into um fictional literature like yeah big yeah time. big time um but and then it became such a cultural thing once people started making movies about the book yeah. and and then it just became like accepted yeah like before i started reading about the fact that it probably wasn't actually based on vlad the impaler i was like yeah that's that's the real life dracula oh like, yeah that's me what too. it's based off of because it's just so widely accepted yeah but it might not even be true but e- even so early as right after he- vlad died all of that writing about him was like early early horror like that is so yeah. interesting to me yeah that, like yeah, that that is really cool. The fact that Martin Luther used him to dis, like as a inspiration for a different well, monster is used like those, telling. Used those stories, yeah, and then yeah. he related them back to another German folk story, which about is like a werewolf, which is very wild. interesting. Yeah, but that's that is two monster stories, at yeah. least lightly based off of this man, and that has to tell you something about his life. You know, well, I wouldn't say that werewolf is really based off of him so much, because that was already like a folklore. I oh, think no, no. that he yeah. just related those two together. Things. Yeah. yeah. He was like, this is what the folklore of a werewolf is, beer wolf, as they called it. And this is the type of leader that I'm describing when I use that concept. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. That was cool. And all comes back to our friend Charles V. Oh, my God. So should we do a quick Google autofill? Sure. Okay. So was Vlad the Impaler a vampire? I mean, no. <laughs> Vampires are not real, so definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, I know there are people who are like, we live as vampires, but you're not a vampire. You know that's a thing? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, That's absurd to me. Like, you're not a vampire. Sorry. You're not going to live forever, fam. I don't know what you're getting out of this. <laughs> ugh. 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 Yeah. Ugh, indeed. Was Vlad the Impaler Catholic? No. But wasn't he, wasn't, weren't they under the Roman Empire at that I time? I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess. I mean, so, there's nothing about him practicing Catholicism, but technically, yeah, I would guess so. Yeah. But this was also pre-Reformation, uh, so everyone was mostly in True. that region. 
as if they were under the Roman Empire, they were Catholic. If they you know? were European, they basically. were Catholic. Yeah, yeah that's, if they yeah. weren't, if they weren't the Ottoman Empire, they were Catholic. But not in the way we think of like practicing Catholics. No, not now, now, really. Yeah, it's different. Um, here's a good one. Was Vlad the Impaler real? Yes. Yeah. It's a human man. But Amanda, but the next question is: Was he Christian? <laughs> Why? Why? Why do you care? Why do you care? So not important. I mean, especially if you're the the kind of person who believes that his last name means son of the devil like that. I mean, I guess that's why you search it, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, technically, I mean, yeah, if he's technically Catholic, then yeah, he's a Christian. But I don't think they would have said that then. No. Um, again, someone really wants to know, was Vlad the Impaler a real person? Uh, yeah. I don't know why this is such a common question. Because there is a fictional character loosely, loosely based off of him. And so people have to know if he is also a fictional character. I guess. So the next one is, is Vlad the, Vlad the Impaler Dracula? Um, I mean, yes I, and no. Yes and no. He's not the fictional character Count Dracula. But that is his name. But it was his, his, <laughs> like, his moniker name. or whatever. It's his Christian name. It's not his Christian name. Um... A saint? No, definitely Oh, not. God, no. Although, but I don't I know. In, in Romania, is he considered a saint? I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. That's rough. <laughs> I didn't find anything that said that he was, but that doesn't mean that I, you know, didn't miss something. Right. Um. Here's a good one. This will end on this one. <laughs> so stupid. Is Vlad the Impaler still alive? Oh, God. It's <laughs> a really good one. He That's one of those I want to click on. I just want to see, 1400s. like... In the 1400s. The thing that comes up is his death date. Which is like, okay, you've answered the question, I guess. I mean, if he was a vampire, he could still be with us. Ooh, spooky. If you were a vampire that began in the 1400s, would you stick around this long? Began! <laughs> I mean, you know... I didn't know how else you would put that, but that was really good. Started your journey in the 1400s. Would you stick around this long? I absolutely would no. That's too long. Unless I get, I mean, I guess you might not have a choice. That is too, too long. Way too long. No, thanks. No, thank you. Also, I feel like even someone from the 1400s would, if they were at this point in history, would look around and go, Nah, that's too messy. Nah, fam, I'm fine, thank you. I I do not want to live in these times. I actually do want to just sort of dip on out. (laughs) Come out. Woof. Woof, indeed. We're in a really special place in history. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed this episode, uh, the first of our spooky episodes. Spooky Um, scary. We'll have another one for you in a couple weeks. Amanda, that one's on you. Yeah. Um, I think I am going to do Sarah Winchester and talk about the uh, Winchester Mystery House a little bit, Ooh, that's uh, which was a suggestion by my friend and uh, listener, AJ. Who, Ooh, AJ. Uh, yeah, was, told me he thought that that would make a good one. And I think that he is right. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to do Sarah. It's a great one. Yeah. Um, if you listener have suggestions for us things you'd like us to talk about or if you have questions or comments you can email us at remember that pod at gmail.com and you can also send us a tweet at rtt pod um love it when people tweet about mm-hmm. the show um 
recommend us to your friends give us a rating and review on itunes um or wherever you listen to podcasts um that makes me really happy when you do that Mm -hmm. and if you want to find me on the internet you can find me at the real anna webb and i'm at acw nerdfighter nice nailed it i'm so excited to continue to be spooky in the upcoming month i love october i love halloween i love a theme i love a theme oh i love a theme so (laughs) it's time to get spooky okay well you know what until that next time remember that time